So the question for today, I didn't post it anywhere. So we're going to think about it together. How do we manage our thoughts and our mind? You know, we've been talking about the idea of character the last two weeks. Who are we? And I really want to emphasize this. If we want our character to change, I think it begins in the mind level. The mind is where we begin to change. You know, it's really interesting. Our minds are powerful. There was a story, and I've said this story before, but the way there was a, guy, there was a couple that went uh, to, to go eat some brunch one day. And at the brunch, a cockroach flew off of the wall onto the lady. What did the lady do? She screamed, and she jumped up. And then the cockroach flies onto the guy, and he panics, and guess what he does? He screams and jumps. And then the waiter walks by, and he's like, as the cockroach is on the table near their food, the cockroach comes, I mean, the waiter comes, not the cockroach, the waiter comes, picks up the cockroach, and throws it outside. And it's interesting, the story, because it's the same situation happened to all of them. Two people panic. One person's able to stay calm. What's the reason? Because in their mind level, he's able to overcome that. Our minds are powerful. What you realize is it's not what's happening to us that matters. It's our perception of what's happening to us that matters. Right? And so at at a very smart starting level, recognize your mind matters. You know, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea. So let's jump. And it says what? So God created mankind in His image. So how are we created? We are created in the image of God. This was a question theologians thought, theologians thought about for a long time. What does it mean that we're created in the image of God? Right? And so I, okay, there it is. So, like we have an image of God up on the screen. Is it that we all are going to have big beards? You know, like look like old men? It, is it with our bodies? Like it does, is this physical body with all that it's in it the image of God? They were, they were thinking through that. You know, and they were thinking about, well, if you think about our body, though, as, as strong and as capable as it is, you know, if a bear comes into the room, guess what? We're no longer the strongest person in the room. Can you agree with me? No matter how strong as a person is in this world, if they can venture at 700, a bear still will destroy them. So then they thought, maybe it's not our body. So they thought and thought, and they recognized our minds are what make us like God. With our mind, we can do so much. With our mind, guess what I can do to the bear? We can make traps. People have created guns and tanks. And now, whereas we should be destroyed by the bear, we can easily kill the bear, right? Our mind is what makes us in the image of God. And so you have to recognize that. You have to come to terms with the idea that your mind is very sacred. You have to look at this space as sacred. And something good can come from that, or something bad can easily come from that. So we look at, you know, I was looking at human inventions people have made. So, you know, Google Earth, have you all heard of Google Earth? You can literally look at anywhere on the world, you can zoom in on it. What a wonderful creation. Someone in their mind thought, man, I can't afford going to Paris, but I can build this. And so they took a picture, now I can see the Eiffel Tower in my home. 
Isn't that what a, like a wonderful idea? But you know what people have done with it with their minds? Now people plan their robberies with Google Earth. They will literally look at a house, figure out where the house is, what the landscape is, how they can escape. So the same thing that was made for good has become something bad. In, in areas where persecution happens, they, like these people who want to persecute literally are looking for certain style roofs of churches so they can go burn their churches. Isn't that interesting? Something that in their mind was so good can become so bad in somebody else's mind. I'll give you another small example of this. Loudspeakers. You know, not loudspeakers, which is we all have speakers in our cars and things like that, created in the 1920. And the guy who created it started it just because he wanted orchestras to play more loudly so people could enjoy. But with that same loudspeaker, people like Hitler and think like, think people like him propagated his message. It was what helped him get a whole army of people. So it's interesting. With our minds, something good can happen or something totally bad. And so we have to have victory in our mind. We as Christians have to have victory because it's what makes you the image of God. So I ask you, how do we begin to have victory in our thoughts and our minds? How do we have victory? Because I'm telling you this, I don't think many people have victory in their minds. Especially today, if you think about it, mental health and mental sickness is at an all-time high. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of depression because people don't know how to handle their minds. Here's my prayer. My prayer from today's is that you guys will get some practical thoughts about from Scripture, how do we handle our mind in a way that not only, hopefully there are practical steps with others, but when you're by yourself, you know, that's sometimes the hardest. When you're by yourself and nobody else is there, how do I manage that? And so let's get into um, my, my thoughts that I have. The first piece of suggestion that I can give to you guys from Scripture is to be aware of what you're thinking. I think this is one of the most difficult things for people. They're not even consciously aware of what's happening in their brain space. We look at scripture and it says, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, you shouldn't murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. And so Jesus says, stop looking at just the action. Start looking at the core of the action. Where does the action come from? Right? You understand, every action that we do came from somewhere. Every word that you say, every action. And murder starts somewhere. It, says, it starts in the anger inside of you. You have heard that it says you should not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has committed adultery with her in his heart. So Jesus is shifting our perspective. Don't think just because I don't do something, I'm good. He's saying, look at the heart level. You have to be aware of what's happening here. This thing is what begins the process of taking us away from God or bringing us towards God. So have first an awareness. But like Arlie said, the second you have an awareness and you're like, okay, like I'm recognizing I may be a little bit jealous or I, I'm recognizing I may be a little insecure. As you begin to become aware of it, right, we have to fill it with something. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, 
whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So you have to recognize, you get a choice in what you think. And the, the difficulty is many of us get so caught up in certain mind, mindsets that now it's difficult and it's going to take work. But you have to be aware of what's happening in your mind. And you have to say, these are things that should be happening in your mind. And that's difficult because, you know, if everybody saw it, you would get in line. If everyone saw what's happening in your mind, you would follow. But you're the only one who sees what's happening in your mind. And so he says, whatever is right. You know, I put some other words. Whatever is true, whatever is noble. Noble means high moral ideals. You're not just thinking of simple things of just kind of living and going. You want the highest morals is what's happening in your mind. Whatever is right, morally good. Whatever is pure, your thoughts have to be pure. Unnecessary things shouldn't be in there. Whatever is lovely. I love that one because it's the idea that you should be having beautiful thoughts in your head. Like when you look at other people, you should have thoughts of goodness about them, not badness. We should think of the good of others. We should think of the good of ourselves. Whatever is admirable, deserving of respect. If anything is excellent or outstanding. Anything's praiseworthy or deserving of approval, think about such things. So, in your brain space, I want to encourage you focus on good. But it begins by being aware of what's happening here. Be aware of what's happening in your mind. I'll give you an example of this. I was at a, a convention listening to a, a young speaker speak. And, you know, I really like the guy, I know him, I grew up with him. And as he was speaking, he was killing it. Every joke people were laughing at, like every point, everybody's like nodding their head. You know, everyone is in it. And I, I caught myself as he's doing like, man, I hope this joke doesn't work. I hope this point, this point falls flat. <laughs> I was getting a little jealous on the inside. And so I, I literally caught myself. I remember looking back at one point, man, man, everyone likes him. And I caught myself. And I thought, then I just started praying for him. So I had an awareness. So the next day, they did a, a foot washing ceremony, and they were like, the young people were washing the feet of the elderly. But I just felt conviction, because that was the thought that I had. I took that, get, like, that minister, and I said, could I please wash your feet? And he was like, why do you want to wash my feet? I was like, no reason. <laughs> and so, you don't need to know my thought, right? And so I, I just decided in my head, so if it's happening here, I have to be the one that understands what's happening, and I need to be the one that does something with it. I need to have victory in my thoughts. But it starts with you just being aware. So I want to encourage you. My piece of, of advice is look at your actions. Look at your actions and recognize what are you doing, right? Maybe if someone walks in the room and your, your natural inclination is to think of a bad thing about them, think about that. Yeah, because really, like, our thoughts affect our interactions. And so I mentioned journal. Maybe journal, like, journaling is something that really helps me. Journaling helps me understand my thoughts, why I do what I do. Even when I journal, let me give you a piece of advice. This is a, a, an advice from counseling. They say the 10 whys is important. You think about yourself, okay, why am I thinking like that? What, what happened? And so I started, like, I'll give you the example of the jealousy one. Like, why was I be getting jealous? 
And I, I paused and I thought, you know, because he was doing a good job. Then I thought, why does it matter that he's doing a good job? Then I thought, maybe people won't like me as much as him. And I get to the core of, that, of my insecurity. I feel like, you know, will, will people accept me for my speaking? And I got to the core of me. And then I, when, I, when you get to the core of you, you can handle that. Because then I thought to myself, but you understand, maybe he's going to impact A, B, and C, but maybe Sam will impact D. And he needs to impact the people he needs, and I need to impact the people I need, so let me just pray for him. But it takes you taking time with yourself, slowing yourself down and understanding yourself. So journal. The 10 whys is a great way to, for you to begin to understand yourself. I also mentioned in here counseling. I, am, I believe that God, the Holy Spirit, is the great counselor, but sometimes we need to talk to people out loud outside of our situation to help us. So don't ever be afraid of counseling. I think as Christians, that's not a bad thing at all. And there are Christian counselors out there. Obviously, if we can work with each other, that's great. But there are some things that we need to go talk to other people about. So I want to encourage you, if you want to take victory in your mindset, be aware of what's happening. God holds you accountable to it, so you should hold yourself accountable to what's happening in your mind. My second and my last point for today. I want to eat. This is a strong one that came to my heart. Accept that your thoughts don't define you. Right? I want you to think about this for a moment. Accept that your thoughts don't define you. Sometimes people have an idea that if I think something, this is me. And they feel guilty with it. You know, in that moment when I was jealous of the guy, I could have sat there and been like, man, why am I thinking those things? Your thoughts do not define you. I want you to understand that. And I put a picture of a guy in chains. It's almost like sometimes we feel a chain or a victim of our thoughts. But you're not, right? Your thoughts are yours. And we're going to look at a scripture. And this is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6. For though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And this is the part that I want you all to read. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. It says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You have a responsibility in your brain space. And here's the difficulty. If you haven't taken the responsibility in your brain space, you can become a victim of your thoughts. You can live into it to the point that you can't help yourself. But I want to encourage you. The Word of God guides us. Take captive your thoughts. Right? Just because you have the thought doesn't mean you can't do anything about it. You can have a victory in your thoughts. So maybe you are always stressing. Take captive the thought. Make it obedient to Christ. So when that thought comes, you say, thought you, and sometimes you, the, your greatest weapon is to not keep it in your head, but say it out loud. Thoughts, you're not stronger than what the Word of God is. God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. You need to verbalize out loud your victory for your mind. Our minds are a sacred space, 
and we're not captive of it. You know, one argument people will always make is, you know, for homosexuality. I was born that way. I hear that from many of my students. Mr. Thomas, I was born this way. Every thought that is in our mind, we have to make it captive to make it obedient to Christ. You know, I'm going to just say one more story about this and I'll finish for today. <coughs> I remember I was going through kind of a hard time when I was younger. And I had, I remember it was in the 20s and I was just confused about my life, where I was going. And I was kind of like discouraged, very discouraged. I remember talking to my friend Joel Shaji and I was just telling him about my discouragement. And, and Joel, Joel told me, sometimes, Sam, you need to full stop, tell the devil, no. That is not right, right? We have allowed the enemy to have such a stronghold in our mind. Well, I can't do that, or I'm not capable, or I'm so bad, or like the guilt the enemy likes to bring up. And we let him have that foothold. And Joel told me, you have to straight up say, no, enemy. My mind is a servant of God. You have to just say no. You have to say no in your mind and say, God has made me sacred and set apart and different. And that's your responsibility. And so when, when your mind is weak and you feel lost, take captive your thoughts. And so just some practical advice that I can give you, get outside help if your thoughts are overwhelming. The word of God is a great starting point. Proclaim the word of God over your life. Speak it with your mouth. Talk to your friends. You know, one of the biggest things the enemy likes to do is to isolate you with your thoughts to make you feel like, I can't overcome. Say it out loud to somebody. And finally, I bring up counseling again because it is not a bad thing. Talking to somebody helps. So I want to encourage you, our minds are our space that God has given us. It is the way that we look more and more like Christ. We are created in the image of God, and our mind is the starting point of that. So how do we manage our mind best? I think it begins first in recognizing what's happening in your mind. And after you recognize what's happening in your mind, accept that your thoughts don't define you, right? You have to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. When you think about it, it's the idea we're making it obedient to Christ. That our mind is God's. As much as you feel like no one else sees what's happening, my mind is God's. So every thought that I think, I'm making it obedient to Christ because he's worthy of it. Because he's worthy of my mind space. God is not just a God that you get to sing songs and worship him. As you take control of your mind space, you worship God. Because here's the truth. As you control your mind space, you love people better. You worship God better. People see God in you more, but it begins in your mind. So I'll end with the verse. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to read that again. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, Let's read it together. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have a responsibility of your mind. And as we do this together, as we work on our mind and our thoughts, as we 
as we subject our thoughts and we make it obedient to Christ, we become more and more an image of Christ. Not just in our workplaces, not just in our homes, but everywhere we go, people see Christ through us. So I appreciate you guys. I know I always give things that challenge, but I want to challenge you again. This is a tough one. This is a tough one because our minds are a difficult battle. But I know this and I believe this, we are able to overcome. Through the blood of Christ, we are able to overcome. So take a moment and ask God this morning, God, speak to me about maybe what areas of my mind I need to give to you. Maybe you just need to give all of your mind to God. And God is saying this morning, give, my, give your mind to me. And I really do believe this. As we do this, we begin to look more and more like an image of Christ. And that's the point of this group. The point of this church is that when people see us, they stop seeing us and they start, they start seeing the Christ inside of us. So I'm going to end with a word of prayer uh, and we'll wrap up for today. But my prayer for each one of us, honestly, is that our mind space will be taken captive and give it as an offering to Christ. So let's end with a word of prayer, and I'll be done for today. Dear Lord, we come to you today, Lord, and we thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for letting us come together, Lord, to hear your words. God, I thank you from the beginning of service to the end of service. God, you've been with us, and you've been so good to us, Lord. And so I ask you today, Lord, as we've been spending time thinking about our minds, Lord, if anyone has any area that they need to subject to you, God, I pray that you would give them the grace, God. Talk to them this morning, God. Lord, I pray that you would meet people where they are. Lord, if anyone has any addictions, if anyone has problems in their mind that they feel like they can't even say out loud, God, I pray, Lord, that you would give them a victory today. God, we are able to come, by, we are able to overcome by your blood. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, today, thank you so much that you died on the cross. And thank you so much that our minds are going to be an offering for you. God, I pray in this week ahead, help us to glorify and honor your name. God, I pray that we would always live for you in all that we do, Lord. I pray that whatever needs people may have, I pray that you would meet them. Lord, as mom and dad are going to India today, keep them safe. Cover them under the blood of Jesus. Lord, as people are going to work, God, and doing their different things, help us all to walk with you in a special way, God. I thank you so much that you hear our prayers. God, you're deserving of all the glory and the honor. We give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.